Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to the QL Podcast here on this special Friday episode. I'm your host today, Tyler QL, riding solo for this very special episode, previewing the CIBC Canada-Russia series that will start next Monday as the best of the CHL take on the best from Team Russia, showing off the best junior talent here in a series of six games that's been going on since 2003. And this has always been a special tournament that I've always loved to follow and watch because it shows off a lot of the guys that you'll see in the league tomorrow, like we, like guys like Tavares, Eberle, Ryan Getzloff was in the very first one. And on the rush side, I mean, there's guys like, I mean, I know Nail Yakupov was in there, Andre Vasilevsky was another one. Guys, like you said, you see in the NHL today, were showcasing the series over the years. This will be the 16th series. As you said, the first one is back in 2003. It's always been an interesting series because despite the CHL has won 12 out of the 15 series. Like I said, Russia's only won three. And that one, those were, they actually didn't win until 2010, 2012, which is actually kind of funny because that was the lockout year. So that was when all the junior players went back to the league. So that was, in my eyes, one of the best series to watch. And also, like I said, 2014 as well, just a couple of years ago. Those are the only three times Russia's ever won this series. With that said, I believe it's always a close series, like especially last year. Last year went all the way down to the sixth game into a shootout because, because don't forget the the way that it's a three point system when in this series, like three wins for regulation, regulation victory, excuse me, overtime wins only count as two, and obviously ties and shootout loss count as one. So last year, team it was the last game against QMJHL and Russia, and they had to win. Russia had to win just simply tie, and they did. Obviously, the Quebec League were able to came out, come out on top as they won in the shootout. We're going to go through all the teams, just Team CHL, because unfortunately, the Russian roster, as of today, November the 2nd, has not yet to be announced. I'm going to try to throw another special episode if Russia is announced before the series, which obviously, like I said, starts next Monday when Team WHL starts off the series against Russia out west. We're going to go through each of the leagues of the, from the WHL, the OHL, and the Quebec League. We'll go through all of the entire roster seeing what to expect out of each player. But what you guys should know, though, is the schedule, as we said. All the games will be on Sportsnet, all of the across the networks of Sportsnet, Sportsnet Pacific, East, Ontario, and One. Sportsnet One, that is. Uh, like I said, the first game will be Monday. That'll be in the Sandman Center in Kamloops. Uh, that'll be a 10 o'clock start Eastern time, 7 o'clock local time, Pacific. Then Tuesday, November the 6th, right back-to-back for Team Russia in the WHL, being Vancouver's Langley Event Center. And, of course, then they'll take a day off before heading out east to Sarnia. I may or may not go to that game because it's only a couple hours from my house here. They'll be at the Progressive Auto Sales Arena, another 7 o'clock start. Uh, and then they move over to Oshawa, take a couple days off, give Russia a break going halfway through the series because, obviously, you're playing you know, three games in four nights, driving across Canada. It's not necessarily an easy trip. Then, they'll, like I said, they play November the 12th, the following Monday in Oshawa, the Tribute Community Center. And then they'll go right over to Sherbrooke in Quebec, Play at the Leopold Drolet Sports Palace, or Palais de Sport Leopold Drolet. Uh, that'll be a 7 o'clock start there on November the 13th. And November the 15th will be Game 6 at Drummondville's Marcel Dion Center, or Centre Marcel Dion, if you are in Quebec, another 7 o'clock start. So all 7 o'clock starts for this schedule. I think it's going to be another really close series. There's only been a few series that have ever been a legitimate blowout. And at least that's never fun, because especially when you're playing six games, and if you, like... If, you know, if you win by game four in the OHL, it's almost like the Quebec League kind of gets overlooked then, which is why for the longest time they've gone 
WHL, OHL, Quebec, and then the next year they go to the Quebec League, OHL, WHL. But the last few years it's only been WHL, OHL, QMJHL. They just keep on that pattern. So by the time the QMJHL team takes off, it's for games five and six, it's almost like they're playing a more, I guess, experienced Russian team, but also at the same time a tired Russian team. So it's always kind of interesting to see how it works out, as we said. We'll quick look here at the Western Hockey League now. We'll start things off. The WHL overall since 2003 is nine, has won is 27-3 and three against the Russians with only one of those 20 wins coming as a way of an overtime victory. They're going to be led by the head coach of the Canadian World Junior Team, Tim Hunter from Moose Jaw, and those assistants are going to be Brent Kissio from Lethbridge and Jason Smith from Kelowna for the Rockets in Kelowna. Uh, not having the, the best start so far this year. Right now, only 6-10 and 10 to start off the season in their first 16 games, of course, like we said. This could all change by, if you're listening on Saturday, November the 3rd, there's plenty of action on tonight. This could all change. All these stats that I'm going to tell you will also probably change as well. Uh, they're going to have two goaltenders. Ian Scott from the Prince Albert Raiders. He is going to be one of the guys you'll see. He's a Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick. He was the fourth-round pick in 2017, and he has been one of the best goaltenders in not just the WHL, but the CHL as well. He's in 14 games here. He's 13-1, which leads the league. He has a 1.57 goals against average and a 9.43 save percentage, which are second best in the league with two shutouts. I mean, he's all, it's funny because like this year, is his, ever since he was picked, he just seems to have gotten better since that draft in 2017. He will be an overager, so you may see him with the Marlies next year possibly, or he may stay in Prince Albert. We're not quite sure yet um, here in Toronto, but I think obviously with... The Leafs issues with Cascasuo being hurt and Jeff Glass just being a Marley's goaltender and the North New you know Newfoundland having some issues with their goaltending. Uh, we kind of need another goaltender since losing McElhenney and Sparks in Toronto, but he's been fantastic. He's, he's only had a 3.16 goals against average and a 9.00 save percentage in this 140 games he's played. But like I said, he's just gotten better, and that comes with experience too. That's what you'll see with a lot of these goaltenders, players. They start off kind of slow. Some guys jump right in the league right away, but... A lot of these guys, it takes time for them to progress. And that's why when you see a lot of guys, that's why I try to get in them. They're 16 years old. They don't they don't want to come in as a 17 or 18-year-old because they go into their draft year, may not have the best numbers, and maybe their pick is not as high as they would. So that's why you see some guys get there, like I said, 15 or 16, and take one or two years before that draft to really develop themselves into a much, much more profitable, much more highly touted prospect. And obviously Ian Scott, he's only gotten better as time goes on, so definitely... He'll be a big pickup for the Leafs. The other goaltender who's having a very good start as well for a first-place Vancouver Giants team is David Tendick. He was drafted this past summer in the sixth round by Arizona, and that, I mean, they need some goaltending down there as well because their goaltending depth is not the highest either. He's 7-3-1 right now, 2-4-5 goals against average, and 9-0 save percentage. And if we're looking at it by NHL numbers, 9-0 save percentage Pretty good in the junior leagues. If you see a lot of other goaltenders, there's there's only probably a good four or five that are really up there in the 900 save percentage range. So him being a respectable 9-0, and obviously, like I said, he's got a really good Vancouver team in front of him, I think is what makes him. He'll probably, I assume he'll play in game two. I think the Western League will probably go with Ian Scott in game one just because of the fact that, you know, Ian Scott, he's coming in with so much momentum into this series. I think he'll want to put them against the Russians right away. And Tendek will probably play game two because, like I said, back-to-back, you probably play a more tired team. That's why Tendek's being looked as up as the quote-unquote backup in this situation. 
Let's go to the blue line now from Lethbridge Hurricanes, who themselves are having a pretty fairly good start. I mean, they're only 7-5-1, but they have a lot of prospects coming through. Kalen Addison being one of them. The Pittsburgh draft pick from last year has 16 points in 15 games. Is a minus 7, but like I said, a very wide open offense and defense can kind of be misconstrued in the junior ranks. He's got 54 shots on goal, though, which is actually third best in the league. And he's averaged just just over oh, about three quarters of a point a game. He's got 114 points in 115 games. Very small defenseman, saying only five foot ten, but he's a very quick moving defenseman. And I think that's what Pittsburgh looking for. Almost like kind of like a Chris Letang, but not at the same time not. He's like I said, very quick, good puck moving defenseman. Has has really good vision. He only has two goals in the season, but he's got 14 assists. Like I said, from the back end, being able to move the puck out, that's what I think would be important for him in this two game series that the Western League will play in. One of the, the captain, actually, excuse me, for the Western Hockey League will be Josh Brook, the Moose Jaw Warrior. Um, I'm sure a little help from his head coach being on the team, Tim Hunter. I'm sure that'll definitely help out with his leadership roles as well. He was drafted last, or excuse me, two years ago, the 2017 draft with Montreal in the second round. Not too many points, 13 points in 10 games, pretty good. He actually had 32 points in over 60 games last year, but he plus 48 on a really good Moose Jaw team that kind of stumbled out in the playoffs. I think with him, like I said, with experience, that comes into play. And there's only actually a few guys in this Western team. We'll get to him here in a second. There are only two returners on this Western Hockey League team from last year's series, which sometimes, obviously, you know, you have overagers or guys that get drafted. They don't come back. So there's a little bit of transition. But you'll see in the other leagues, they have a lot more returners. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how the Western Hockey League does with that having a lot of new guys in this series. Because like I said, it's like a showcase. You kind of get everyone together, have a practice or two, and then you go right into games. Each league takes a few days off so their team can play these two games. So it makes it pretty interesting to see how that goes. Another warrior that'll be on the team will be Jet Wu. Um, Jet Wu is actually kind of funny. Six foot, he's six foot, but he's 203 pounds. He's a really stocky defenseman for the Warriors. He was drafted last year by the Canucks in the second round. And one of the things he always talked about, he's not actually does not really that big of a score. He's only got four points in nine games this year. Only has you know 52 points in 125 games played. He isn't like I said, the, not the most offensive gentleman. He's a really more stay-at-home guy, and he's really because I've heard him talk about it before. He's very prideful on his physicality. Um, he really has, thinks he has a chance to make the World Junior Team. I'd like to see him as well um, playing physical. And obviously, this is another year playing on North American ice. I think guys like him will be very important because they're in Vancouver and Victoria, obviously, this year. So I'm sure the Canucks fans would like to see him and see him do well representing Canada. One of the other guys as well, like I said, speaking of Vancouver, Vancouver Giants defenseman Bowen Byram will be also on the roster. He is one. He's in the top 10 of, of the Bob McKenzie preseason draft rankings, I guess you can say. Um, obviously, the central scouting rankings won't come out until later this year. But it's funny because, like, you know, everyone's talking about Jack Hughes. But Bowen Byram's one of those defensemen that you got to watch out for. He only has 12 points in 15 games this year. But, he, like I said, six foot one, 192. He's got the size to him. And the way the game's getting a little bit smaller, he's also a very agile defenseman as well. He gets plenty of shots on goal, has 41 shots on goal this season in his season so far. Draft eligible. I think if you're looking for a defenseman that can really play the puck and really move the puck well, but also have that physical end of be capable in your own zone to like take the body, make the plays, get the puck out. I think Byram could be one of those guys as well that you want to look at. Moving to the U.S. division now, we have Ty Smith coming from the Spokane Chiefs. 
another kind of smaller defenseman, five foot eleven, not ridiculous small. At least by the way the game's going standards, you know, it seems like the league's getting a little smaller, a little faster. I think that's why New Jersey drafted him last year with their seventeenth pick in the first round. He's only one hundred seventy-seven pounds. Like I said, not a big guy. However, a very, very offensive defenseman coming out from the Chiefs, and he's got nineteen assists so far this season, twenty-one points in thirteen games played. He leads the team in scoring as of yesterday, so he's actually a very important part of that Chiefs team who, to be fair, I mean, they're actually doing fairly well. I mean, they're 8-4-1-2 so far this year, 19 points, sitting right behind Ever in the U.S. division, and he's been kind of looked at as their guy to lead the offense. I mean, I don't say like a full-blown Bobby Orr type, like how he used to lead Boston back in the day. However, he's really been a guy that teams will look at, and obviously New Jersey sees it, because like I said, New Jersey, we've seen it with them. They're going fast, they're going young, they're going speedy. And with a guy like Ty Smith back there who can move the puck up and rush the puck like a defenseman that he is, I think it'll be very important. He had 73 points in 69 games played last year, which obviously led New Jersey to really look hard at this young prospect. Plus 44 as well for a good Spokane team. Like I said, another good team that did well in the regular season, just couldn't make it through in the playoffs. He has a plus 44 overall in his career with 128 points and 150 games played. Like I said, another guy that started out kind of trying to find his footing in the Western League, but then as he's, as his career has gone on in the last couple of seasons, he's really started to pick it up, which has made him one of the best prospects for the Western League. The last defenseman for the Western Hockey League, as of now, of course, like I said, guys can get added in and out of the lineup as far as we know up until the last minute. Scott Walford from the Victoria Royals, six foot two, 198 defenseman, a real big boy. Montreal drafted him a couple of years ago, or excuse me, a couple of drafts ago. I can't say it's 2018 still, duh. It's not 2019 yet, Tyler. Focus. Um, third round draft pick, number 68 overall. He's only, like I said, he's another guy, like a big stocky stay-at-home defenseman, doesn't score a whole lot, doesn't get a whole lot of shots off either. He only has 77 points in 177 career games in the WHL. But like I said, I think for Montreal, especially the way their kind of defense is right now, despite Carey Price playing like Carey Price, you're going to want defensemen later on that can hold their own in the defensive zone. And that's going to come with time as well. He may, I don't know, I'm not sure you want him to go to Laval right now because unfortunately to Montreal fans out there, I don't think Laval is a good spot for him. That's why Nick Suzuki is still in the OHL. I think that's why they're not, no, they're not really rushing him to play in the NHL, but they don't want him to sit in the American League and kind of be in a different spot there with the Rocket. However, that's why I think he may sit another year. But then again, at the same time, he may get a good chance in training camp. So we'll see how that one goes. Moving up front to the forwards, one of the Warriors, another Warrior on this team, 5'11", forward Justin Almeida. He was drafted last year in the fifth round by Pittsburgh. Not sure how he's going to be getting in the lineup. But then again, anyone can get in the lineup with Pittsburgh and score a lot of points. So maybe we'll see how he goes there. He's got 21 points, which was tied for seventh in the league at the time in 13 games played. He's won 93 face-offs this year. Not an astronomical number, but a fair number because obviously you you want that depth centering in the NHL. So a guy that can not just put up points but win face-offs as well, proving that they can do well on the, on the face-off dot is important for any prospect. That's why Pittsburgh took a look at him. He's got 153 points in 205 games, so not an astronomically amazing score, but he is a plus 34, which obviously, like I said, in the junior ranks, a very solid, very solid defensive forward, which is which is huge for teams looking up is they don't want just something. I mean, of course, having a guy that can score a lot of goals is great, but if you have a guy that can play on both ends of the rink, that is priceless. You can put a dollar amount on that and run with it as you go. One of the alternate captains 
from the Team WHL is coming from the Hurricanes of Lethbridge, Jordy Bellarive. He is he was drafted last year, excuse me, in 2017 by Pittsburgh. Another pretty pretty prolific scorer as of late. He's really picked it up over his career. He's played over 200 games in the WHL, 203 points. Another center that, like I said, that you wouldn't with the way, at least with Team Canada will do it. And obviously, you'll see on with the rest of these rosters how the WHL, OHL, OHL, and QMJHL will draft. They draft centers and put them on the wings. So having guys like, like I said, Bellarive here, and then Almeida, as we just said, just talked about before, guys that can win faceoff. He's 192 this season. Guys that can win faceoffs and score goals, but also can play the wing as well, be very versatile. It also looks good on their NHL club saying, all right, well, he is a center we also can put them on the wing too. So it obviously opens up more opportunities for them as they move forward with their careers. Big, tall Dylan Cozens from Yukon Territories is another hurricane that'll be up front for the forwards. He is ranked number two in Bob McKenzie's pre-draft rankings for 2019. He has been a, just a dominant figure. He's a real tall, lanky kid at only 185 pounds, but he's solid. He can put up points. He's got 21 points this year in 15 games. Another guy that 71 faceoff wins, a guy that can play center and wing. He has been, he is right now an average of 70 of a point a game over his career, 75 games played, 75 points. However, doesn't score a whole lot. Yeah, does have eight goals this season. However, he's been a guy, like I said, that has been really important to this team's success. He only has right now, if I can do my math correctly here, 30, 31 goals in his career. He's a really good puck moving player. He can get the he can make plays for you. But at the same time, like I said, he has the ability to put the puck in the net. He has that touch, which will be huge for him coming into the draft. Another high, highly touted draft prospect would be Kirby Doc. Doc is a member of the Saskatoon Blades, and just like Cozens, another big boy, six foot three and a half. They made sure they were specific on that in the WHL website. Guys like I always want to get an edge, so I guess that extra half inch helps. He's 195 pounds, like I said, a big stocky guy, which is playing down the center is huge. Having a big tall center that can go down, get make make big plays, I guess, in the defensive zone is what I'm trying to say. He can play in his own end, can be physical, but also can put up points. He's got 26 points in 16 games this year, 17 of those being assists, 151 faceoff wins, so I think that's a guy that Coach Hunter will probably use more as a center than some other guys, as you'll see. But at that same token, a guy that can play everywhere as well. you probably see him a lot on the power play for the WHL as well. Another guy that I don't want to say had an off first year, but he had only 83 points in 87 games total over his career. He's actually ranked fifth, as we said, in the Bob McKenzie rankings. So I think he'll be an important part of this team WHL. Trey Fix-Wilansky, the Edmonton Oil Kings centerman, excuse me, winger, pardon me. He's a smaller forward at five foot seven, but however, with his skill ability, 32 points in 17 games played at second best in the league right now, drafted by Columbus in the seventh round last year, really late in the draft. However, I think this is a guy that some players, some teams may overlook. I really think he's a guy that can really show off his skill. It's like I said, being a smaller guy, he's a quicker guy, almost kind of like Kind of like a Mitch Marner type, if you would say. You know, like I said, not a whole lot of size, but a lot of speed and a lot of skill. His 60, he is, gets and he gets the puck to the net as well. He's got 64 shots on goal this season. He's a plus 11 as well. And a pretty solid Edmonton team, too. 
So obviously, like I said, not a guy that can put the puck in the net on the forward end, but coming into his own zone, he can be reliable as well, which is key, and Columbus really needs that too. Even though they did, they did win last night, but they need you want more depth scoring. I think this will be the guy that you'll want to look at it for Edmonton. Nolan Foote, one of the Kelowna Rockets, he's a draft eligible forward. He's another taller kid, a little lanky as well, kind of like Cousins. He's six foot three, 180 pounds. And he said another guy that scores mildly and his career's picked up as well. He's almost pointed game this year with 13 points in 14 games, but he gets a lot of shots on net. His 57 shots on goal puts him top 10 among forwards. And he's only scored 88 points in 116 games. So I really think this is another guy that Coach Hunter will look at and think, all right, we'll probably have you in a third line role. Have you move up with, I mean, you may play, have some offensive zone time, but they're going to probably look at him as a guy that'll, that will put in situations that won't be too offensively minded, but however, it'll be another guy that I think will be used on the back end as well. He is a plus one for the Rockets who, Plus one for the Rockets right now, who are unfortunately last in the division. I think he'll be a guy that will be looked at as, hey, if you can play on a team like that and still have a plus and be out of the minus, I think Coach Hunter and the rest of his staff will definitely look at that and say, all right, we need this kind of guy in situations like a one-goal game or two-goal game late trying to keep the lead. He'll be a guy you'll probably see on the ice for Team WHL. One of the two returners for WHL is going to be from the Portland Winterhawks, Cody Glass. Glass was... Uh, the first ever draft pick by the Vegas Golden Knights. First ever draft pick, obviously being kind of an honor for Cody Glass. He'll always be on the record books for that. He'll be one of the alternate captains as well. He's been a guy that can just absolutely put up points. And with that draft year, too, he's, let's put it this way, he's had 246 points in 213 games. 102 of those came last year in itself for the Winterhawks, who are kind of off to a slow start this year, but he still has 23 points this year. That's top 10 in the league. Another guy that can play center but play in the wing as well. He's got 93 faceoff wins this season. And it's funny because, like, you see his career progress. And in his draft year, he also did really well, scored 94 points in 69 games as well. This is a guy that I think Vegas right now, the way their offense is right at this time, I mean, obviously, like I said, they're kind of taking a dip last this year from last year, but, of course, Nobody can start like Vegas did last year. It was absolutely phenomenal and wonderful to see for the new franchise. I think he'll be a guy that could easily make the team very shortly out of junior hockey. I don't think he'll be a guy that'll sit in the minors for a little bit. If anything, maybe a few games, maybe half a year, a year. But Vegas will, I don't want to say rush him up to the top roster, but he'll be a guy I think that'll give him a fair shake in training camp when he gets there next season and really give an opportunity to make the team. Because like I said, with his skill level, with his tenacity, he'll be important for Team WHL in this series. Parker Kelly is another guy from Prince Albert for the Raiders. Kind of a younger, despite being drafted in Ottawa in 2017, kind of a younger guy, not really not really a noted goal scorer, but a very defensively sound forward up front, standing at six foot. He, like I said, for the Raiders who are doing really well, he is a plus 10, 134 point, in 224 games over his WHL career. I think he's a guy that'll be, like I said, be on the third and fourth line, be a defensive be a defensive um, specialist for this team in these two games. And like I said, it's, co- it's so weird for these coaches. You know, you, you look at them and you think, all right, we have these guys, like, and you talk to the other coach, talk around the league, you try to figure out where they could fit on a roster. And like I said, it's almost like an all-star team, but at the same time, you put in players 
that may not be the most highly touted scorers because you want guys, like I said, you're trying to win this series. You're playing Russia. It's a big deal. And you put in players that aren't the best scorers, but they can play on both ends of the rink and they're defensive and they're defensively skillful, which is important against a Russian team that really, I mean, offensively, they stack their offense and make it hard for these teams to go up against them. So we'll see how Kelly does in his role for Team WHL. Another Prince Albert Raider, six foot four, 199 pounds, Brett Leeson, a real big boy for the Raiders. He is arguably right now the best in the league right now. He has 35 points in 16 games played. That is best in the league. His 15 goals are best in the league. 20 assists, which is second best in the league. His plus 27 is best in the league. 92 shots on goal is best in the league. This is going to be probably the deal breaker for Team WHL. If he puts on the performance he has been so far this season, there is not a doubt in my mind that he's going to light up Russia. He's going to be important for their offense. And if, like I said, if he steps up and plays the role that he can play, put the puck in the back of the net, I can easily think WHL can easily take this series. Because like I said, you have one of the highest touted scorers in the league and put him with a good cast around him to get him the puck. There ain't no telling what he can do in just two games and two nights against the Russians. So I think he will be another guy that I th- if it comes late in the game, if it's a tie game, you'll see Brett Leeson on the ice probably right in front of the net banging away goals. Because let's be honest, he has that ability. He's a tall guy. He is draft eligible this year. I think with the performance he's having thus far, and if he can continue this pace, you may see him in the first couple rounds of next year's draft. Stelio Matheos, the Brandon Wheat King, will also be up front for Team WHL. Six foot one, 200 pounds, stocky forward for the Wheat Kings. Was drafted by Carolina last year, 2017, number 73 overall in the third round. And there is no doubt in my mind that he could make an immediate impact for the Hurricanes. A very skilled forward, has good hands, good puck, good vision on the ice. 14 goals, which is second right behind Leeson for the league lead in 15 games played. 25 points, which is tied for seventh. He's 159 faceoff wins. This center, like I said, another big stocky center for Team WHL. That'll be important for them if they want to have success against the Russians. He's averaging a point in game his career, too. He's been, like I said, over the years, he started off kind of slow, but his, he racked up so many points the last couple of seasons and that amassed for 207 points in 203 games played. And being a plus eight as well for the Wheat Kings as well, like I said, another guy that you can see will clearly put the puck in the net, but at the same time can prove vital and able in the defensive end. Connor DeWar, DeWar, excuse me, the Everett Silver Tip will be an alternate captain for Team WHL. He was drafted in this past summer's draft in the third round by the Wild from Minnesota. Another guy that can actually put up a pretty good number of points. I mean, not a lot over his career, only 134 in 222 games played. However, 18 points thus far early on. Another guy that's going to be a leader on this team and another veteran. Um, I really think with his shot, he's got a real good shot, only at 5'10", 175 pounds, kind of like a, not like a, a Tyler Ennis type. However, his speed is what really drives him and drives his offense, but also makes him a good candidate to play in the defensive zone as well. Another Everett Silvertip player that's going to be on this team is a big guy, Riley Sutter of the famed Sutter family. Six foot three, 210 pounds, a real big kid for Team WHL. Got drafted by the Capitals in 2018 in the third round. This is a guy that's a 
like I said, a big, big center. Six foot, like I said, six foot three. He's got 224 faceoffs won, which is second in the league. He's 19 points in 15 games. A very capable scorer and a very capable two-way centerman that Coach Hunter is going to look at for sure to be a guy that can really lead this offense. And a late addition, actually, is one of the guys that played on the team last year, Jarrett Anderson Dolan from the Spokane Chiefs. He was a five foot nine centerman. He played two. He's only played two games this year. He's been kind of up and down. He was a late addition because they weren't quite sure if he was going to play. However, two games, two goals, not too bad. He has 195 in his 214 game career in the WHL. So a guy that I think we'll see how much he has playing time. I think Coach Hunter, with him coming back recently from injury, I don't know if he'll press him as much, giving him a whole lot of playing time. But like I said, a guy that played in this series last year, so he has that experience to press onto the kids. And show them, hey, here's what need, here's what to expect against this team. And here's what to expect. Obviously, like I said, getting kind of thrown together for a practice or two will be important. Like I said, drafted by L.A., he was drafted in the second round of 2017. So moving out east, we have the Ontario Hockey League. And like I said, with that, they have a four-day gap in between their two games playing. I guess, like I said, game three and game four being on November the 8th and then the November the 12th. This is actually why the OHL has... Not the same rosters for both games, and we'll see it here in a second. They they actually play their games like like I said, the other two leagues they kind of take off their they kind of stop the season for a little bit, play their two games, but there's such a wide gap between the two games for the OHL, they kind of allow having more players get more experience against Team Russia, which is kind of cool. It gives more players the opportunity. There is quite a few guys that play in both, but like I said, the OHL schedule doesn't stop. They take the nights off in the eighth and twelfth, however, they have games in between, so it could be a lot of tired boys in there playing for Team OHL, like I said, hence why they have almost two separate rosters. They're going to be coached by the, well, in Game 3 at least, they're going to be coached by the Sarnia Sting behind the benchers, if you will. Darian Hatcher is the head coach, famed NHL defenseman, Stanley Cup champion defenseman Darian Hatcher, David Leguan, another longtime NHLer, will be the assistant coach, and Brad Stobitz as well is also behind the bench. Their goaltenders are going to be arguably some of the best goaltending in the OHL. And it starts off with up front with Michael DiPietro. DiPietro may be the guy that Canada will pick to be on Team Canada this year, will maybe possibly be the starter for Team Canada come World Juniors in December. I think it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Obviously, like I said, plenty of time between now and then for something to happen. Hopefully not because he has been one of the best over his career for the Spitfires. 147 games played as a 2.55 goals against average and a 9.13 save percentage overall. Let alone this year where he's 4 and 5 in 11 games played. So obviously not the greatest record. However, 2.43 goals against average and a 9.1 save percentage, which is 10th best in the league. His goals against average is 6th best. Has a shutout to his name this season. Has been solid his entire career for the Spits, which has led me him being drafted by the Vancouver Canucks in the 2017 draft in the third round. And like I said, Markstrom's, we don't know about yeah, Jake, you know, Jacob Markstrom and Vancouver Golden situation's been kind of iffy. They do have Thatcher Demko waiting in the wings, but they're not quite sure to press the button on him yet. And maybe DPH will be able to follow in that spot as well as a possible guy that if Demko doesn't go, or if Demko does go, have a guy waiting in the wings like DiPietro. It'll be interesting to see how that little saga plays out in British Columbia. The other goaltender will be a draft-eligible netminder for the Kitchener Rangers. Luke Richardson, uh, he's, he's bad. He's a pretty decent goaltender. Has been, has been very well this year for a Kitchener team that's really battling to kind of move up the standings. Hasn't really had 
too much success, but Luke Richardson has played well. He has a 907 save percentage, which is tied for eighth in the league. However, he only is 6-6-1 with a 3-1-3 goals against average. And like I said, he's having a much better year this year than he's had in the past. He's had a, he's got a 3-3-4 goals against average and an 898 save percentage over his 75-game Ontario Hockey League career. But like I said, obviously the draft year and kind of you want to show the scouts that, hey, I can play in the NHL. You kind of step up your game a little bit, and we'll see how that goes later on this season. I, I presume DPH will start, and maybe they'll split time because, like I said, each team has two different goaltenders, games three and four. So we'll see if he gets in the net. I presume they'll go with DPH just because, A, the experience, because he did play for OHL last year. So, and the fact that, hey, this is a good opportunity to show off to everyone why he should be Team Canada's starter. So that's why I said I believe DPH will be the guy. But if a game kind of gets out of hand one way or the other, maybe see Richardson get a few shots in in the net for Team OHL. Moving to the blue line, they're going to have Hayden Davis starting up there, the big six foot two, 200-pound defenseman. He'll be available in the draft this year. Not the biggest scoring guy by any stretch of the imagination. Only 48 points in 189 games played. Minus one for a Saginaw team that, over the past couple of years, has really struggled defensively. So he's been like he's been their top guy for the Spirit, and I really think he'll be a guy that you'll see Put up good minutes against the Russians. May not be put in those big key situations, but you'll see him quite often as well. Brady Lyle, the Owen Sound attack defenseman. Another draft-eligible defenseman as well. Standing at six foot two, 200 pounds. Another stocky defenseman for OS. With only six points in 15 games here, minus four. However, he did have a pretty good season last year. 34 points in 63 games. So, like I said, not really another, not a defenseman that's been looked at for scoring a lot of points. He's a guy that, like I said, that'll be more of on the defensive zone face-offs, maybe use more on the penalty kill more often. So I would expect him to kind of have a limited role as well against the, in the OHL, or Team OHL, that is. Marcus Phillips, he'll be playing in both games, games three and four. He also played in last year's club as well. He was drafted in 2017 by Los Angeles in the fourth round. Like I said, another decent puck-moving defenseman. Gets a lot of shots on goal. He's got 39 shots on net this season, which is 10th in amongst defensemen. In 212 games played, he has 100 points. So, like I said, not the most prolific score, but plus 40 overall. And, like I said, that's a huge, huge reason why LA picked him. And that's why some of the prospects, excuse me, why some of the scouts like him a lot, because, like I said, he has a decent amount of size. Like I said, six foot, almost 200 pounds, kind of stocky, but is very quick, very agile, is good in his own zone. Be very important, I think, for him to be big for Team OHL. Another guy playing in both games, Ryan Merkley of the Guelph Storm. Not a, not a big defenseman by any stretch of the imagination. Five foot 11, 163 pounds. Not big at all, but he was drafted by San Jose in the first round last year. Why, you may ask? Because he can put up points. He is 138 points in 138 games played over his OHL for a career. If you look at his plus-minus over his career, it says minus 73, and that's not because he's a bad defenseman. It's because, let's be honest, folks, the Storm have not been well at all. It's actually, they're right now tops in their division, but that's just, in the last few years, that has not been the trend. This has kind of flip-flopped, and actually a few divisions here in the OHL where the bottom teams are up top and the top teams are in the bottom, and the middle teams are sitting there like, weren't we supposed to go up top? Weren't we supposed to move around? Nope, they just stayed right there. But Guelph has had a much better start this season. You can definitely see the way they've been playing. They could be a team that could be moved up, possibly up into the playoffs, and may have a good chance, maybe, to get into the OHL championship. But we'll just have to wait and see. 
He's got 16 points, which is second among defensemen in the OHL in 12 games played. Only three goals. However, like I said, another great quick puck-moving defenseman. And the way San Jose is right now, too, with guys like Brent Burns, like Vlasic, and like Eric Carlson, they are very high on guys that can play defensively, but, of course, playing offense helps a little bit, too. So that's why he was one of the guys they picked last year, obviously, the 21st overall pick, because San Jose drafting later with their playoff success they had makes it kind of hard to draft the premier prospects. However, I think Merkley will be a guy they could use definitely relatively soon. One of the Barry Colts that'll be playing for Team OHL will be Tyler Tucker, the seventh-round pick from St. Louis in this past draft at pick number 200, even on the spot, is actually a guy that really, you know, despite being drafted where he is, he has really turned it on this season. He's only, If you look at his overall stats in his career, 137 games played, 54 points, plus 27, which is good. But he's like, hey, he's like, well, he's not that much of a puck-moving defenseman. Doesn't do a whole lot, right? This year, he's come out and exploded. He's tied for goals. In, excuse me, he's first in goals among defensemen with four. 13 assists puts him best in, for all D-men. And his 17 points is best amongst all defensemen as well. And this is only in 16 games played. And whether or not he can keep this pace up is to be seen. But he's a guy that really has really turned it on the offense this year. He's gotten a lot of opportunity. And I think that comes with the experience of playing a couple of years, you, you're not quite sure, you know, where you want to sit, but then you kind of get, you, he gets drafted and obviously, all right, okay, I'm drafted by an NHL team. So let's see how I can progress and show people that I'm more than a seventh round draft pick. Cause obviously you get drafted in the sixth or seventh round and people look at him like, ah, he's a guy that'll probably be in the minors or a guy that's never really given much of a shot. And that maybe is what driving him this year. Like I said, he's plus 12, which is fantastic for a really a solid Colts team. And he puts the puck on net, 45 shots on goal, fourth best among defensemen. I, this is a guy that could really help St. Louis and later on down the line. So I think if he keeps it up at this rate and keeps progressing, we may see him in the NHL very soon, and especially if St. Louis keeps it up the way they do. Even though even the Leafs beat the Leafs, but that's neither here nor there. Giovanni Velotti, the Oshawa general, former Kitchener Ranger, Will be another defenseman as well. A guy that's actually drafted by the Winnipeg Jets last year in the fifth round, a six foot two, 202 pound defenseman. Got a real good size. I think yeah, just adding him to the Winnipeg defense will just make them even look even bigger. Not, like I said, not another guy that's not really the most offensively touted defenseman. Only 9.16 games this season, 56 in his 140 game OHL career, but a plus 13 overall in his career. Very capable defenseman, has a lot of ability to kind of just be mindful in his own end, which will be important, obviously, coming into a tournament like this where you have such a a skillful WHL, or excuse me, WHL Russian team coming in to Sarnia. I think he'll really want to show the scouts why he can be a tight, highly touted prospect defenseman that wants to go in the NHL soon. And like I said, defensively speaking, I, he'll I, his offense will come along along with time, along with development, going maybe through the minors for a guy like him, but a guy that you may see in the NHL in a good number of years. That's it for the defensemen, so let's move up front now. Mackenzie Entwistle, the Hamilton Bulldog. He was a very important piece of their Memorial Cup run last year. He was drafted by Arizona back in 2017 in the third round, but then he was traded to Chicago in a trade this past year. Six foot three, very tall man. 
very tall center. He's pretty much a grown man at this point. 122 faceoffs wins this year in 114 games. Has never been the most touted scorer for Hamilton, but he's a very solid two-way defenseman. 44 shots on goal, so he gets the puck to the net. He's only minus two right now, but Hamilton's kind of started off a little sluggishly, and he's been a guy that's kind of kept everything in check for the Bulldogs early on this season, so I think he'll be a guy, like I said, second or third line guy, be able to play in his own zone, but able to move the puck up as well and create some offensive opportunities. The lone London Knight on this Team OHL roster, Liam Foodie, six foot one forward, drafted by Columbus in the first round last year, really shown his grit for the Knights. And like I said, the Knights haven't had a haven't had really a good run since the 2016 Memorial Cup, but he's really shown himself and stood out. And he's a point a game right now with only nine points in nine games played. He's really picked up over his career as well, giving Columbus the reason to draft him in their with their first round pick. This past summer, 132 games played, only 64 points, 39 of those being goals, though. And so he's more of a, as we call a Cy Young player, puts more goals in than assists. So he'll be a guy that can really be looked for to put the puck in the net. Now, whether or not he's up on that first, second line, or if he's using a more defensive role, we'll see. He's a plus two right now for the Knights. So a good, solid two-way player, but a guy that, like we said, has that offensive scoring touch. One of the other guys that played on last year's OHL team, Morgan Frost. From the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, are once a, who are once again running roughshod through the Western Division, Western Conference. That is, he's a six-foot defenseman. He was drafted a couple years ago in the first round by Philadelphia with their 27th overall pick. Is that in 2017? 32.17 games played last year, in this excuse me, in this year with a plus eight, 52 shots on goal, and 210 faceoff wins. This is a guy that's really turned it on this season, and he turned it on even last year averaging almost two points a game, 112 points to be exact, second leading scorer in the league in 67 games, and his career numbers are outstanding. 81 goals, 152 assists, 233 points, and 216 games played. This is a guy you won't see too long in the junior ranks, that's for sure. I think especially with Philly, who keeps saying they're going to lose Wayne Simmons and they're going to lose other players, and I think this will be a guy who can be paired up with, with guys like Nolan Patrick, younger players like that, and get put on the Philly roster and make an impact right away. So Morgan Frost would be a guy I think, you know, not just watch out just in this series, but watch out as the season goes along because the Greyhounds, they're showing off themselves again, flexing their muscle and why they could be a formidable foe, possibly leading to the OHL championship. Another Greyhound that'll be joining Frost will be Barrett Hayton, the six foot one center for the Greyhounds, 100, only, 103, only 103 face-off wins, and I only say that because his teammate Frost with 210. Um, he was drafted in the, the fifth overall pick this past year by the Coyotes. And, you know, he's a guy that's really a very defensively sound defenseman, and he can, and like I said, a guy that can put up points as well. He has 104 points and 136 games played, but he didn't start off too well in his first couple in his first year or two in the OHL, and he's really turned it on this year. 17 points in 10 games, really ramped up his offense, but he's a plus 31 overall. And that's, of course, credit to play on such a good Greyhounds team, but that credits to himself as well, as he's a skillful two-way centerman. Cam Hillis, another Guelph Storm member. He's only 5'11", 163 pounds, another shorter fellow. However, a guy that can put points on the board. He was drafted in the third round this past summer by the Canadians. I think he'll be a guy that you'll see a lot more in defensive role as well, like I said, with not just his size, but he's very aware. He's only minus one this year for Guelph. 
but he's got 120 faceoff wins. He'll be a guy that's key on the dots for Team OHL, so I think that'll be another guy that you'll want to see out there and late in the game, need to win a faceoff or you know, you're on the penalty kill and you want to win the draw, get it out, you'll probably see Hillis on the ice given that opportunity. One of his other teammates, another Storm member, a guy that played on last year's team, Isaac Ratcliffe, six foot six, 204-pound forward. There's a reason why Philadelphia drafted him in 2017 in the second round, and because why not? You have James Van Riemsdyk, you have Wayne Simmons. Why not add Isaac Ratcliffe to it? 21 points in 15 games this year. He's almost a point in game in his career with 156 points in 195 games. 87 of those points are goals. He's 13 goals this year. is towards the top of the league as well. Like I said, another guy that can put the puck in the net, but another good defensively-minded forward as well. Ratcliffe is with a plus eight. I This is a guy, like I said, size matters. You'll see him banging away in front of the net, and he has the skill level as well to make plays, to get to the net, to score those goals as well. One of the couple Niagara ice dogs that you'll see in this series will be Ben Jones, six-foot forward excuse me, from the Niagara Ice Dogs, Vegas Golden Knights drafted him in their seventh round in 2017. Actually, despite his numbers this year, only 14 points, 17 games, and you look at his numbers overall, 152 points in 209 games, he had a season best last year with 79 points in 168 and 68 games, excuse me. 164, though, faceoffs win this year. Another center that you'll see a lot of. The guy that has a scoring touch but can play defensively sound as well. He's also a plus three this season for the Ice Dogs. Another Ice Dog you said before, a guy that will be playing in both games, Akil Thomas of Niagara. He's actually from a Florida native. Guy that decided, I mean, obviously it's weird, of course, the way we've seen the trend now. A lot of Sun Belt prospects coming up, and I'm sure for him getting an opportunity to play in one of the best junior leagues in the world, he said, why not? Let's go to Canada and see how it goes. He's a six foot, 180-pound forward. He drafted by LA in the second round last this past summer. And he has been a very prolific scorer his entire career. 155 points, 140 games played in his career. 17 games played, 26 points this year. 18 assists, which is tied for fourth. And his 26 points puts him in the top five in the league as well. He also has a plus 11 plus minus this year, which like I said, very important in a series like this to have guys that can play on both ends because the Russian defense is very solid as well, so you need to have the good skill to be able to beat them and get pucks to the net, but also with the amount of skill that Russia's going to have and their speed with their ten- offensive tenacity, you're going to have to have guys that can back check and play well in their own end as well. And another guy that's very capable in the faceoff gut, 143 faceoff wins this year. He'll be another guy that you may see actually quite a bit play on the wing with the amount of centers that OHL Team OHL has, at least in Game 3. So he'll be a guy you'll see on the wing, but of course, not be afraid to take some draws as well. Ryan McGregor, the lone Sarnia Sting player representing Sarnia when they travel to Sarnia for Game 3. He was drafted by the Maple Leafs in the sixth round of 2017. Not a, he's got a pretty good size to him, six foot 177 pounds. His scoring touch isn't necessarily the biggest. However, he's, like I said, a more of a definitive two-way center. He's 14 points here in 15 games played. He's averaging just about, let's say, just over half a point a game over his career with 97 points in 189 games. But over his career, he's a plus 20. And another guy, of course, that is capable in the faceoff dot, 163 faceoffs, which is top 10 in the league as well. Another guy that, like I said, a two-way forward that'll be important for this team. Ryan McLeod from the Mississauga Steelheads, he'll be playing in both games. 
In the draft pick by Edmonton in 2018, a good size to him, six foot three, 200 over 200 pounds. And like I said, this is another guy that'll be key for them in the faceoff dot. And he averaged over a point a game last season. This year, he's kind of on the same pace with 16 points in 14 games, 14 assists, which is close to the top of the league as well. So another guy that you'll see quite a bit of more of a puck, excuse me, playmaker, if you will, more than just having a scoring touch. He only has 44 goals over his career, but his 104 assists in 148 games, or 212 games, pardon me, makes him one of the best playmakers in the league. Another steal ahead you'll see out there in the ice will be Owen Tippett, the one of the alternate captains. He played on last year's OHL team. He'll also play in games, both games three and four. He was drafted in the first round at number 10 by the Panthers in 2017. This guy has a lot of upside as well. He's a very good scorer for the Steelheads, who have, despite going in this year, who have actually had a much better start this year, have not really had that success that they've really wanted, that they've expected since they became the Steelheads when they moved from the St. Michael's Majors. They've kind of had it. They haven't really had the, the highest touted team, but guys like Owen Tippett and McLeod have been one of the reasons why they're doing much better this year, in my eyes at least. 184 points in 168 games. He's averaging over a point a game this year with 61 shots on goal, which is up there in the league as well. And the captain in game three, last forward that we're going to mention here for Team OHL as they take on the Russians, will be Nick Suzuki, the attack centerman, excuse me, winger, pardon me, center and winger. He plays both. This is a guy that has been talked about numerous times. He was involved in the Pacietti trade, this past summer, he was drafted initially by Vegas in the, with the number 13 overall pick in 2017, their first, their second ever draft pick. Doesn't have a whole lot of size, but can score a lot. He's averaged over, he's averaged at least a point and a half a game in his last two years, leading to, that was, of course, leading into his draft year and then last season. He has 69 shots on goal in 13 games played this year. It's top five in the league. 19 points, so it's not the highest in the league. But his consistency has been his key throughout his entire career. He's got 253 points, 205 games, plus 72 as well. And I think for Montreal, too, that's why there's a lot of people saying, hey, will Nick Suzuki get a chance? Will he get a chance? And they sent him down to the juniors, and everyone said up in arms, like, why aren't you rebuilding? Well, Montreal started off a lot better this year. So it's almost a good thing they keep Suzuki in Owen Sound rather than send him to Laval to give him an opportunity to keep, keep developing in the OHL. And I think that'll be better for him and just throwing him into the NHL. And, and like I said, right now, they Canadians really don't need him right now. And, of course, it was kind of the reason he sent him down was, well, we don't need him yet because we are rebuilding. But then they have this great start. So now they're like, well, we really don't need him because, well, we're doing well. But like I said, Nick Suzuki, he won't be in the juniors long, and I don't think you – he won't be out of the NHL for too much longer either. I think he'll be a guy you'll see in a year or two wearing the C on his chest, the – Habs C on his chest, excuse me, not the not the actual C. He's wearing a C for Team OHL, but he's not going to be wearing a C for the Habs. But he'll be a guy you'll see in Montreal very, very soon. Game four will be in Oshawa. Therefore, the Oshawa coaches will be at the head of the bench for Team OHL. Greg Walters, the head coach of the Generals, will be on the bench as well, along with his assistants, Nathan McIver, and Fane Windsor Spitfire, Greg Nemish. The goaltenders are two of the best. In the OHL, Hunter Jones for Peterborough, and Peterborough, who has had a turnaround of a season thus far, if by any by all standards of scoring, statistically, they just are a much better team than they have been in the past, and it's been led by their six foot four netminder, Hunter Jones. Hunter Jones, of course, who is 
draft eligible this year. And so a team needing a goaltender and a guy that they probably want to develop a little bit more, I think it will be Jones. I mean, like I said, big, tall goaltender. He's very skillful. He's 10-6 and six this year. He's 10 wins, second in the league in 17 games played. 2.41, excuse me, goals against average, which is tops toward the top of the league as well. And a 9.32 save percentage, not too shabby either. And you look at his career numbers, he has a 3.76 goals against average and an 8.98 save percentage. So if you look at that, you think, well, that's not that good. However, like I said, he's had a breakout year this year and perfect timing for that as well. Going into your draft year, we want to show the scouts that you can play in the NHL relatively soon. And for teams, I mean, there's, it's interesting how you look at it. I think the way the draft is, you kind of figure out, you never see goaltenders drafted really that high up in the draft. You, you, you rarely ever see, I remember when Zach Vukali was drafted in the second round by Montreal a couple years back, everyone's like, holy cow, a goaltender this high up. And so you may not see Hunter Jones until maybe the third or fourth round, but for a team, I think, like, like I say, Florida maybe, Maybe Carolina, depending on how they do this year, they, maybe they'll he'll be a guy that they look at if he lasts that long. We'll see how she goes. But definitely, if he can keep up the pace he's at early on in this season, he'll be a guy that will definitely be up in the draft board for any team that needs a goaltender come this summer. Matthew Velata, the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds goaltender, another big goaltender, stand six foot four. He was the reason why the Greyhounds had such a successful year last year. Unfortunately, coming up short against the Bulldogs in the OHL Championship, but he's also the reason, one of the reasons why he's, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds have started off so well this year. And of course, he's one of the best in the league, which gave LA a reason to draft him in the third round of 2017. And if Jonathan Quick can't stay healthy, maybe we'll see him fairly quickly as well, or in Ontario, but I think he's a goaltender. And he's been a very, excuse me, I stumbled over my words there. He's been a very successful goaltender over his entire career as well, a 2.54 goals against average in 94 games played, a 9.12 save percentage on top of that. Very impressive for the Greyhounds, netminder. This year, he's 8-2. and two. His eight wins puts him top five in the league amongst goaltenders, 2.74 goals against average, top 10 in the league as well, and a 9.16 save percentage, top 10 in the league as well. So he's been consistently good over his career, which only gives Kings a reason really to be frothing at the mouth for a guy like this to come up and join their pro ranks. Go to the blue line. Like I said, three three guys will be playing in both games. Ryan Merkley of Guelph, Marcus Phillips of the Owen Sound, and Giovanni Velotti of the Jennies. Kevin Ball, he was on the OHL team last year, the six foot six, 236-pound beast for the 67s, who have come out and absolutely ran roughshod in their division so far this season. His size and his ability to be stagnant in his defensive zone was the reason why the Coyotes drafted him in the second round last this past summer. He's only got six points this year. Like I said, not the most talented defenseman, offensively at least, but a plus four as well. And Ottawa's going through a little bit of a rebirth themselves. Like I said, you look at Ball's numbers, you say minus 31 over his career. I'm like, well, how can that be if he's such a good defenseman? Well, he's been a good defenseman on a rather subpar 67 team in the last couple of years. So I think with that said, that's why Arizona said, well, let's give this guy a chance. They obviously, he wasn't the most touted prospect going in, but with his size and his ability to move the way we've seen him move, it's almost, I don't want to say like a char type, but like a Bufflin type that can really get going, be defensively sound in his own zone, and provide that that strength and that grit on the blue line that the Coyotes desperately need right now for their team, and that's why he's been so important for the 6-7s over his career. Declan Chisholm, another Peterborough Pete that's going to be on the roster for Game 4. Drafted by Winnipeg last year in the fifth round. Not a 
overly sized defenseman, six foot one. It's got good size to him, but a very offensively minded defenseman as well. Thirty seven shots on goal, one of the some of the towards the top amongst defensemen. He's got fifteen points in seventeen games played, thirteen of those being assists. And he's really exploded. He's never been a guy to score if you look at his past numbers. He's only had 40 points in his 105 games. So before this year, if you looked at it, he's probably looking like, well, that's why he was drafted in the fifth round, you would say. Because he's a guy that really didn't score a whole lot, was solid in his defensive end, but like I said, couldn't score a whole lot. That's why he wasn't a touted prospect. But now he's really racking up the numbers this year, really showing the Jets probably say, hey, I can be a guy that you can look at here in the near future. For the Mississauga Steelheads, Thomas Harley. He's in his draft year right now. He'll be another defenseman, the last of the defensemen for Team OHL. Six foot three, very tall, lanky kid at 183 pounds. 11.16 games this year. He's only a minus four for Mississauga, so not necessarily the most viable in the defensive end, but 25 shots on goal. gives He does a lot of puck moving as well. He doesn't have the same stats as he's had in the past, but he's a guy that can really show his, his strength in the offensive end. And defensively, I'm not, and I'm not saying he's a liability by any stretch, but there is something for him to work on this year. I think that's what, like I said, with Chisholm just before this, wasn't the biggest prospect going into last year's draft. Did get drafted. Now he's kind of saying, "All right, I'm drafted. Let's develop now." And Harley, I think he's the same thing. He's very young, very green, if you will, if you're going by wrestling terms, I guess you can say. So I think getting drafted, I think, will be important for him this year. But a guy, I think that you'll see a lot of developing over the years to come. That'll lead to wherever he goes in the pro ranks. Up front, the returners from Game 3 will be Entwistle, uh, Keel Thomas, Liam Foody, Hayton, McLeod, and Tippett. And the lone representative from the Flint Firebirds, Ty DeLandria. DeLandria is a Dallas first-round pick from this past year, the number 13 pick. And for if you look at his numbers, it's kind of interesting to see how it goes. He's been on a Flint team that has, unfortunately for them, never been really successful since their move to Plymouth. In 15 games this year, he has 13 points, which leads the team. 202 face-off wins, which is top five in the league. And he's never been the highest scorer. But then again, like I said, he's been on a very weak Flint team. Hasn't really had that spotlight put on him. And I think with this opportunity, he can show, and I mean, obviously Dallas saw it if they drafted him in the first round. But he can show everyone else around the country saying, hey, I'm this, I am this good. Watch me play against a good team like the Russians. If he gets an opportunity in the spotlight like this, this is a great opportunity for him to shine on a stage such as this. Nate Schnarr played on the team last year from the Guelph Storm, a six foot three forward, got drafted by the Coyotes in 2017. And you know it's funny because he was drafted in third round by Arizona, never really had a whole lot of scoring. Only 102 point only excuse me, if I have my math right. 89 points going into the season in about 117 games played. So not the highest touted forward, you'd say, offensively. This year, he's really ramped it up, 23 points in 15 games, 10 goals, 13 assists to his name, plus five for a Guelph team that's really turned it around, like I said before, 97 face-off wins, very capable on the dot, and a guy that you'll probably see in the second or third line center role for, for Team OHL. So I really expect him to kind of get an opportunity to be offensively, but of course, also a guy that, Looking at it from coach perspective, Coach Walters will probably want to use him in the defensive zone as well. Austin Keating, another Ottawa 67 on this Game 4 roster. He's going into his draft year. 171 pounds, so not the biggest guy standing at 6 foot. But offensively, he has done, he's had a kind of an explosion as well this year. He only had 28 assists all last season over 60 games played. 
This year, in only 18 games played, he has 22, which currently leads the league, and his plus 18 leads the league as well. And like I said, this is an Ottawa team that is really starting to kick things out this year. So he only has 173 games played, 200 and no, 173 points, excuse me, in 201 games played. Me reading my stats wrong. Go figure, right? Plus 17 in his career. But like I said, this year with an Ottawa team that's really looking to kind of make a run right now with this veteran group, he's been one of the one of the bright spots and one of the shining stars, I guess, of the six sevens as well. And of course, with his ability as well, I think he'll be a guy will really be looked at as a guy that'll lead this team up front, but also in the defensive zone as well. Saren Knoll, one of the Jennies that'll be on Team OHL, six foot five forward, 212 pounds, another big boy that the Panthers drafted in the second round of this past year's draft, and a big guy that can score, and his numbers have gone up exp- almost linearly, actually, from his rookie year up until now. So you see 89 points in 141 games, and you think, well, okay, he's drafting the second round. Florida needs that kind of scoring. However, 16 games played this year, he's got 15 points, 11 goals. He's been a, he's a big guy up front, tips in shots, can bang away on those rebound goals. But he's also good in his own end as well, being a plus five. So the Generals have a good representation there on the home ice. And, of course, with that as well, Jack Stanika will be captaining Team OHL. In game four, played on last year's team, a six foot two forward, drafted by the Boston Bruins in the 2017 draft in the second round. 18 points in 14 games played this year, very respectable numbers, and once again, a very viable centerman, very reliable centerman as well, with 159 faceoff wins this season, and a guy that scored at a moderate pace as well in the Ontario League. 168 points with 206 games played. And like I said, that experience that comes into play against a team like the Russians in playing. And like I said, it'll be a more fresher team as well. Because like I said, you see well, a few days off between games three and four. But of course, like I said, these guys will keep playing. So it'll be interesting to see how OHL is in game four. They haven't really done well in games four, games the second games of the series in the past. But obviously the team will be looking for a better finish in Oshawa. And rounding out the lineup for all of OHL roster, especially in game four, Ryan Suzuki. Suzuki has been a guy... He, of course, he is the brother of Nick Suzuki that will be playing in Game 3. The Barry Colt centerman is draft eligible this year. And he's he's the type of player that you just look at and you think, wow, this guy, can he, can he be in the NHL right away? And, you know, the way he's looked this year, he's really exploded out of the gate. 24 points in 15 games played. That's top 10 in the league. His plus 11 as well is top 10. He's ranked number 10 on Bob McKenzie's pre-draft rankings, the scouting reports at least. And, you know, this is a guy, he's a really good skater, has unbelievable vision. Not a big guy, like I said, six foot, 171 pounds, doesn't play that physical, but he doesn't get hit either. He's just this type of talent that you'll see probably, like I said, in the top 10 of next year's draft, be a guy that if a team's looking for a guy that can score and play defensively as well, smartly. Smartly, is that a word? Smartly? I think that's a word. I'm going to use it. He'll be a guy that's going to be fantastic for this team, for Team OHL, and fantastic for wherever he gets drafted. Like I said, he'll probably stay another year in Barry, but with that, I think he'll be a guy that'll be looked forward. If Barry wants success this year, it does go through Ryan Suzuki. We're going to take a quick break here on the Kiel Podcast. When we come back, we're going to have Noah Dobson on the show talking to us about Team QMJHL and the experience he had last year 
in the Canada Rush series, as well as how his season's going, as well as what his thoughts are about possibly joining Team Canada in the World Juniors. We'll be back here. You're listening to the Cool Podcast. Hey guys, Tyler here. I love going to games, but buying tickets at the box office sometimes can just be too expensive for me. That's why I use Seat Giant when I want to go to a game. They'll show me the best seats that are available and at better prices than some of the other sites. You can also use Seat Giant for other events like concerts, theater, and more. If you want an even better deal, use the promo code TKP and you'll get 3% off all of American orders on SeatGiant.com and 5% off Canadian orders on SeatGiant.ca. Remember, the promo code is TKP and make Seat Giant your destination to get the best seats at the best prices. All right, now I'm joined by a special guest for this special episode here today. I'm joined by New York Islanders first round draft pick and Teton defenseman Noah Dobson. Noah, how are you doing this morning, sir? Good, how are you? Good, good. So, obviously, you, know, you guys are on the road right now to Cape Breton, but you got a real, real big couple weeks coming up here, obviously, playing for Team QMJHL. What is uh, What kind of an honor is that being representing the league against Team Russia? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a huge honor, I think, uh, to be one of the top players in, in your league and have a chance to play with all those guys that you play against all year. So it's a great experience with a lot of great coaches. So I'm trying to take it all in and enjoy the whole experience. You were on the team there last year, and i got to ask, I mean, obviously it's been a while since the series went ever into a shootout. What was, what was kind of that mood when you guys had to go into a shootout in Moncton last year after Russia was able to tie the series up? Yeah, I think it was uh, kind of exciting. I mean, uh, shootouts, sometimes not the best way to end it, but it was uh, still pretty exciting. I mean, the competition, I mean, Canada, Russia is a really good rivalry, so you always want to win, and we were able to get one shootout and close up the series, so it's exciting for sure. Uh, and like I said, like you said, very exciting, but you actually have, QMJHL has the most returns with seven, but there's a lot of new faces going to be on the team. What what kind of advice would you give the new guys that, like I said, haven't been in this kind of a series before? I think just uh, enjoy the whole experience. I mean, uh, it's not not all the time you get a chance to represent your league and play with all the best players around your league. So just enjoy the whole experience. Take it all in. It's pretty exciting. The, the rinks are usually full, so it makes for a good atmosphere and fun on the ice. Yes, I mean... It's, it's funny because you look at the schedule. You guys play the the, ball, the league kind of shuts down for a few days. You guys play the 10th and then the 16th with the two games in between. What What is it like kind of going from, you know, playing against these guys every single night and then having to kind of join forces just for a couple days? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little different. You obviously have some uh, good rivalries on the ice playing against these players and good competition, but I think it's uh, pretty easy to settle in. Uh, a bunch of great guys on the team, and they're really good teammates, and obviously great players in the ice, so it makes it easy adjustment to go from playing against them one day, then uh, start playing with them for a couple of games with Russia. No, yeah, except, like, you go, you play, like you said, the game six will be the 15th, and you go right back on the road, like, almost like you'd probably want a break or something, or is it kind of, it's almost like old hat playing junior going from game to game to game like that? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a lifestyle in junior hockey. You're playing every other other night almost. Like it's a little different as in my case. I think we, we play on a Thursday in Drumville, and then uh, I'm go right to Remiski and play against a couple guys who were on the team that, that Friday night. So it's gonna be a little different for sure. But I think it's just uh, 
the way it is in junior hockey, and you just got to adjust, find a way to get up for the games, and obviously you're going to be going for playing with one guy, then being in the competition the next night, so it's, pretty, uh, it's a pretty cool situation, but just enjoy the whole experience. Right, and obviously you're going to be kind of going to adjustment here pretty soon, as like I said, you were drafted number 12 in the first round last year by the Islanders. What do, what kind of did you feel more pressure last year going in your draft year, or do you feel more pressure now to try to show the Islanders that you can play in the NHL like very soon here? Um, I think it's, uh, it's a little it's pressure both ways. A little different pressure last year. Obviously, uh, you want to perform the best year of capability and be a be a high draft pick, so you kind of felt pressure that way. And this year, I kind of feel pressure as uh, I've had the experience. Got the opportunity to win a World Cup last year and I'm drafted now, so I wanna I wanna be one of the top players in the league and perform the best of my capabilities and keep helping the or the team win every night. So it's definitely pressure and kind of two two types of pressure. So you just gotta handle it the right way and focus on your game and keep trying to get better. Yeah, t- take us back to last May. I mean, going into Regina, who, no one really knew. I mean, yet you, you guys, Hamilton, along with Swift Current and Regina, it was kind of like a toss-up who was going to be the best team going in there, and then you guys kind of ran roughshod through everyone and were able to win the Memorial Cup. What's What was that feeling like, being able to get the job done, especially for a hard-working bunch like you guys in Acadie Bathurst? Yeah, the dream come true. I mean, uh, going in, we are kind of uh, the underdogs. I mean, one of the smallest CHL franchises in the, in the league, so I mean, not, we weren't really known, and we wanted to make sure we put Bathurst on the map, and we kind of uh, relished that role. We kind of went in there. And we thought we said to ourselves, we get the first win. Anything happened from there. So we were able to win out in overtime. That I think it gave us a lot of confidence. Uh, and obviously, to cap off beating the, the host team and the pack rank in Regina was an unbelievable experience and definitely a memory I was going to have for the rest of my life. So it's, it's kind of a funny thing. Like, obviously, you're going on the top of the junior world, win the Memorial Cup, and then you get drafted that summer, which was. A, a more, I guess, a better feeling, like a more rewarding feeling. Win the Memorial Cup with your boys down there you know, up in Teton, or is it getting drafted in the NHL? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, that's a, that's a surreal feeling, win the Memorial Cup with uh, all your teammates and brothers that you played with. I mean, it's not a lot of kids get that opportunity, but at the same time, to hear your name calling the draft in the NHL while you're with all your family and some friends there. It's a really special feeling too. I mean, I wouldn't say one of them is more more exciting or more special. I think they're both really two special things that I'm really grateful I've had the opportunity to experience the last year. I'm thankful that for all my family and everything they've done and just to hear my name called how my family there is really special. So, one last question before we let you go here. Um, you played in the gretzky Halinka tournament this past uh, over the offseason here representing Team Canada. And all the experts, everyone's kind of pointing at you possibly being in the World Junior team when they go to Vancouver and Victoria. What would it feel like being like honoring and representing Canada and wearing that Maple Leaf crest on one of the world's biggest stages in the World Junior Tournament? Yeah, it would be uh, unbelievable. I mean, uh, as a kid, I think uh, the World Junior is kind of everyone's on their list during the holidays over Christmas box. They get ready to watch World Junior, so... I watched World Juniors growing up as a kid, so, I mean, just to have an opportunity to maybe fight for a spot on that team would be a dream come true. I, I've represented Canada a couple of times now, and it's an unbelievable feeling where that 
hockey channel logo on your crest. It's, yeah, we take pride in it as being one of the best players in the country. It's something special. So to maybe get a chance to do that would be an incredible experience and really unbelievable. It would definitely be a great experience. I'd like to thank you, Noah, for taking a quick second of your travel day. Good luck uh, on Cape Breton there tomorrow night, and um, good luck in a couple weeks against Russia. We represent the QMJ. And maybe we'll see you in a couple months representing uh, Canada playing the Russians. What do you say? Thank you. Appreciate it. Once again, thank you very much to Noah Dobson for joining us on the show. It was really great to talk to the guy. He's one of the best young defensemen in the league, as you heard, and a very confident young man as well for a Bathurst team that, like I said, just came off winning the Memorial Cup. Not so off to the best start this season, however, plenty of time for that to change. Let's look at who is going to be on Team QMJHL. They have seven returners, the most, as we said in the Dobson interview. Jim Holton will be the head coach. He's the head coach for Charlottetown. Marc-Andre Dumont from Cape Breton will also be joining the coaching staff. Stefan Julien from Sherbrooke will be an assistant coach in Game 3, while Steve Hartley from Drummondville, an assistant coach in Game 4. The goaltenders will be Olivier Rodrigue, or the Drummondville Netminder drafted by Edmonton this past year in the second round. He has been doing very well this season. 13 games played. It's 8-5. His eight wins are top 10 in the league with a 2-5-3 goals against average. That is top 10 in the league as well. An 8-96 percentage, not the greatest. However, he does a good job of keeping the puck out of the net when it matters most. For Charlottetown, the undrafted netminder, Matthew Welsh. Welsh is... Kind of a mediocre netminder. 12 games played. He has eight wins to his name. He's leading Charlottetown up the charts right now. He's currently sitting fourth in the Eastern Conference. He's got a 3-3-1 goals against average zone and 8-92 state percentage. Um, I would presume he'd start in game six, possibly, and get Rodrigue the start in game one. But then again, they are in Drummondville for game four, so maybe Rodrigue gets a start on his home ice. One of the returners from last year on defense is Jarek McIsaac, the Halifax Moosehead. Got drafted last year and early on in the second round by Detroit. Uh, so uh, defense is key right now for Detroit. They really need a lot of good defensemen. McIsaac for Halifax, who have been really well this year. They're starting out 12-4 and on the season. McIsaac has nine games played. He's got four goals, which is tied for six amongst defensemen, and his plus 10 is tied for seventh among defensemen as well. Very good puck-minded defenseman. Can move the puck really well and do very, a lot of great things as well on the back end as well as up front. Justin Barron, another moose hit, will be on the blue line. He's got seven assists this year in 16 games played. This is his draft year, so obviously, like I said, really has to show the scouts that he can play in the National Hockey League. Plus seven as well, like I said, for a really good moose head team. Looks very good on paper as well. And also, like I said, he's six foot two, 187. He has size to his advantage. So really look for him to be a key part of the, Q team, the team representing the Q on the blue line. Nicholas Bodine from the Voltigers is going to be one of the other defensemen as well. First round pick last year in the 2018 draft, pick number 27 by the Chicago Blackhawks. A small defenseman, 5'11", 176 pounds, very, very good offensively minded defenseman. 120 points in 167 games playing in the queue. He's 9 for 9 this year, 9 points in 9 games, and is a plus 9 as well. He has 8 assists, so it's tied for 7th. Very, like I said, very skillful defenseman, can move the puck well, has good vision from the back end. That's going to be important here to keep up with the Russians' offense. It's not just not just being able to stop them, of course, but having that quick transition when the Russians are trying to boom back in transition. He has, he's very quick with moving the puck. 
He sees the wings open, and he just finds those opportunities to get the puck up the ice, which leads, which is why he has eight assists this season. Xavier Bernard, another Drummondville defenseman, six foot three, two hundred four, real big boy that the New Jersey Devils drafted last year in the fourth round. Again, not the biggest scoring defenseman, only 116 points in 137 games, but his size is where it's key. He's very physical. He's very, very big. No pun intended for the on the Drummondville back end. I really think that he's going to be used, like I said, in maybe a penalty-killing role. Not the most offensive, so we probably won't see him on the power play, but probably a second, possibly third-pairing defenseman for this team. Justin Bergeron, the Ryan Naranda defenseman, he was invited to Boston training camp this past year, went undrafted, but this year he's really kind of starting to really show his offensive muscle. He's only had 43 points in 91 games thus far, but in 16 games this year he has 12 points. His eight assists ties him. He's top 10 in the league in assists, and his plus 13 puts him top five in the league. Very capable defensive defenseman. I think with especially like how, despite being only 180 pounds, he plays a bigger role for the Huskies, and I think with that will make him an even more prospective player to show that, hey, I show teams. Maybe he'll get signed by Boston. Who knows? But like I said, with his ability to play defense and make it seem like that he's just this, a more, like I said, a better defensive defenseman than offensive. But obviously, like I said, this year coming along with 12 points thus far early on in the season, showing that he can be an offensively minded player as well will make him more appealing to the NHL clubs. Xavier Bouchard from Bay Como, big six foot three defenseman, was drafted in the sixth round by Vegas last year. He's plus 10 in 15 games this year. He said top 10 in the league. Another guy that the QMJHL team is going to have to use as more of a defensive role. And I, like I said, big guy, big, big body, very physical. Will keep guys out of the net, keep the shots open for the goaltenders. That's what his role will probably be playing for the Q. Pierre Olivier Joseph. He played on Team QMJHL last year. Played plays for Charlottetown. Got drafted in the first round back in 2017 by the Coyotes. Six foot two, hundred sixty-eight. So tall, lanky kid. Hundred points, one hundred six games. Very respectable. Good, solid two-way defenseman. Can play on both ends of the rink. Kind of a slow start this year. Only seven points, but Charlottetown's been really offensively minded this year. So I think with if he's able to catch up with the rest of them, I think he'll be able. His numbers will only go through the roof. And of course, we talked about Noah Dobson. Noah Dobson, six foot three, hundred eighty-five pounds. It's only ten points in fourteen games this year, but one hundred five points in one hundred forty-four games as well. It was very highly touted. That's why the Islanders drafted him in the first round this past year. He's going to be very important. Like I said, he played last year. And, of course, he really wants to make sure Hockey Canada sees that, hey, I should be a top defenseman for Team Canada come December and January. So definitely look for him to really step up for the queue. Moving up front, Felix Bebo, the Royal Naranda Husky, went undrafted in his draft year. But this year, though, point-in-a-game player with 18 points in 17 games played. His 11 goals put him top five in the league, and he has a 15.7 shooting percentage. That is very, very respectable. He has 141 points in 136 games. So I think for him, especially on this Huskies team, he wants to show that that he can play more minutes. They, they're on one of the best teams in the league right now, as the Huskies are 13-4 and four through 17 games this season. So he really wants to show the te- teams that he should get invited to training camp and get it on a shot to be in the NHL. Rafael Harvey Pinard and the other one of the other Huskies up front, very small forward at five foot nine, 171 pounds, but is able, like I said, very 
capable offensively minded player. He's plus eight as well. So another two way forward that the QMJHL will rely on. He was invited to Vegas's camp last year, but obviously did not get signed, but did get a good look in front of the brass over there in Nevada. And another guy that's career has progressed as well. He only had a hundred his if you look at his career stats, 137 games played, 118 points. But just you can tell like maybe that little jump, say, hey, come to our camp in Vegas, maybe that kind of gave him a little bit of confidence, and now it's kind of progressing into this year. And like I said, playing on such a good husky team will really help out Pinard. Sean Boudre from the Gatineau Olympic, really big boy that Minnesota drafted in the sixth round. He stands at six foot five, two hundred and eighteen pounds. One of the top scorers in the queue, 23 points in 17 games. He is a big man in front of the net, a guy that could easily be used on the power play up front for those tip screens, rebounds. And But, of course, he has a pretty good shot, too. It gives him, If you give him time and space, he can release a rocket of a shot to put them, put the pucks in the net and really help out the queue against the Russian defense that sometimes can be very physical, but, of course, with his size, it could really use it to his advantage. So let's see if that'll happen for... Team QMJHL. He's got 124 points in 188 games, too. So, like I said, a consistent score, but his scoring's really picked up in his last couple of years of junior. Gabriel Fortier from Bay Como, who's drafted in Tampa in last year's second round. He has been, he's had a great start as well. 22 points in 17 games. His 14 assists puts him top 10 in the league as well. He's also plus 11. And He's got 98 points in 108 games, so another guy that scoring's really picked up in the last couple of seasons, and the fact that he's a plus 11, too, is huge because we you can never stress enough having a good two-way forward, especially in junior hockey. If you can play on both ends of the rink, and, of course, it helps that you score a lot of points, too. I mean, obviously, you're, if you score more than you get scored on, that's why you have a plus-minus, but just being defensively sound in your own end, especially as a junior player in the Quebec League, which is very tough, as we've seen with the goaltending. It's very tough to have good defensive numbers in this league. And that's why when you see from Fortier having a plus 11, they're scoring a lot of goals, but they're also keeping the puck out. So having him on the, on maybe that first or second line will be important to keeping Russia out of their own end and keeping them in their own end. Nathan Legrere, another Bay Como forward, draft eligible this year, and he's really showing the scouts this year why he should be drafted. 24 points, and has him seventh in the league with a plus 11, plus minus, 16.4 shooting percentage. He can put the puck on net, and he can score while he does it as well. 10 goals puts him top 10 in the league. 14 assists puts him top 10 in the league. And he didn't have the necessarily the strongest start to last year either. In 62 games last year, he only scored, if I'm not mistaken, if I can do my math right, 29 points in last season. But now he's really stepped it up this season, really showing why he should be drafted in the National Hockey League. And he could be a guy we see up in the league very soon. Nicholas Guy from Drummondville played on last year's team, invited to a couple of training camps the last couple of years, invited to New Jersey in 2017, invited to up to Traverse City, up for the Detroit Red Wings last year, or this, I mean, this past summer. This year he's been pretty well, appointed game player, seven, eight, seven goals, eight assists, 15 points in 15 games played. Puts him up there with... A very respectable number. Obviously, being a point-of-game player in Junior Hockey League is, makes you almost average. But doing so for Drummondville, who is in second league right now, he's he's that that just shows off their depth scoring that they have, and that's why he's gotten the opportunity to play for Team QMJHL. Another Voltaire is Joseph Valeno. He was uh, he played former St. John Sea Dog. Got drafted by Detroit in the first round, the second to last pick of this past year's draft, at least in the first round. Excuse me. 
So far, he's done very well for himself. 10 goals, puts him top 10 in the league in 14 games played. He's also a plus 13, almost a point of game player with 183 points in 185 games. And this is a guy that could really be important for Detroit down the line. And we saw, they remember, obviously, seeing the development of Anthony Mantha. Took a little bit longer than expected. But if you have a guy like Valeno that can come in very soon, maybe play a couple years in Grand Rapids and come up to the wings, he could be a guy that the wings will look forward to there in their future to hopefully bolster up their lineup and get them back into the playoff discussion that they really haven't been for the last couple years. Raphael Lavoie from the Halifax Mooseheads. He is another big, tall guy. However, he is undrafted because he's actually, this is his draft year. He's number eight on Bob McKenzie's draft list to watch out for. He's six foot four, almost 200 pounds, 18 points so far in 15 games. He's got, he's a plus 10 and he's with a 16.4 shooting percentage. This is a guy like, like most, like a lot of other guys on this roster can play both ends of the ice and has that scoring touch. That is huge. Hasn't played a whole, hasn't scored a whole lot before this year. He scored on, like I said, an average just under a point a game. But if he can keep it up at this right here, he is really, with his size especially, and his skill level, he's going to definitely be a highly touted prospect come next summer's draft. Another moose head that will be up front will be Benoit Olivier Gruel. Six foot two, 194 pound forward, drafted by Anaheim in the second round this past year. Just under a point a game over his career with a 16.6 shooting percentage. And last year, he had a heck of a year. Just over 60 games played, he scored 100 points for the Mooseheads. And it just keeps going with this year as well. He's just over a point a game, instead with 15 points and 14 games played on a Halifax team that's really trying to get back into championship picture for the President's Cup. But they well, they want to get it to it. Where back when Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Duran were on the team when they won the Moral Cup, but... I think with a good base and like with a lot of players they have, including our next guy, we're going to talk about Antoine Morand, Halifax could be someone that could make a real deep run in the playoffs. Antoine Morand, as we said, played for Teton the last three years, including last year's Memorial Cup championship winning team. Smaller forward, five foot eleven. Anaheim drafted him last, or excuse me, in 2017 in the second round, and he's another guy that can put points up on the board and play defensively. Another guy that's plus ten on the season with 17 points in 14 games. He's over a point a game with a over 15% shooting percentage over his career. 195 games, he scored 217 points. This is a guy that I think really could be important for Team Q as they, like once again, they need guys that can score and need guys that can play defensively because at this point in the series, five and six, Russia is all kind of, they're all working together. They know how the team works. They, they have, like I said, there's a lot of guys that play over in Russia together and there's a lot of guys that are coming over that play in the CH for, in the CHL that are Russians. They're kind of now at this point playing in games five and six. They're already well-versed with each other. They know what to do. So having guys that can play defense in their own end will be important against a highly powered offense like the Russians will possess. Jakob Pelchier from the Moncton Wildcats. Draft, this is his draft year. Very small forward, five foot nine, hundred six pounds. I think the smallest out of any of the rosters. But however, despite his size, he shows that he has a lot of skill and a lot of grit. He is His plus 16 plus minus is best in the Quebec Junior Hockey League. And he has 25 points here, which puts him top 10 in the league as well. Another guy that's absolutely phenomenal on the offensive end, but as well as just on that note as well, he's a very good, very good player, very good forward, play, can play the wing. Can, we've seen him play center before. This is another player that, that Team QMJHL will look forward to using in a 
probably I'd say a third line role, especially with how deep this talented roster is, but you may see some power play time for him. But of course, at the same time, you may see some penalty kill time for him against the Russians. Samuel Poulin from Sherbrooke, another guy that's draft eligible. Not necessarily the highest scorer going into this year's draft, not for this year's team as well, but another guy you'll probably see on the fourth line, mucking and grinding in the corners, 12.16 games. He's got nine goals, so more of a Cy Young start to him this year. 57.71 games. A guy that can, like I said, has the ability to put the puck in the net, but will probably use more of a shutdown rule for Team QMJHL. And rounding out the roster for not just Team QMJHL, but for Team CHL in whole, Blenfield, Boabian, Armadas, Joel Teasdale, Signed after his training camp in Montreal this past year, recent signed his entry-level deal. Point per game player with 16 goals or 16 points in 16 games played, which is tied for the team lead. It's a plus five and is 155 points in 194 games. Another guy that can play both ends of the ice. He was on this team last year, so he knows what to expect for Team QMJHL. So that wraps up the Team CHL preview for the Canada-Russia series. Fortunately, Russia yet does yet have their roster posted yet, and I haven't heard anything. I've contacted a few friends of mine up there, and they haven't heard anything yet either. A couple probables, but nothing certain yet. So I will try to get them in, hopefully maybe Sunday, fingers crossed. I assume they'd be up by then. We'll see if we'll have an episode for that. I cannot make any promises. So therefore, if I don't know the team, I can't really make predictions for this series. But I think it's going to be the way Russia always brings out their team. I think it's going to be another close series. I I think with the way the Russians always seem to battle, and they have, and like I said, they've had experience because they have guys that play together all the time. But on the contrast, you have CHL, as we've talked to Noah Dobson, you play against guys all the time. So you see these guys and you know what they're capable of. So you are able to adjust with that even such a short period of time. So it'll be interesting to see how Team CHL or Team WHL, OHL, and QMJHL do against the Russians. But like I said, it'll be another wonderful series. I'll give you the schedule here one last time. As we said, they start Monday up in Kamloops. We said Monday Against in Kamloops, that'll be a 10 o'clock start, 7 o'clock local time. Vancouver on Tuesday, November the 6th. Then they go over to Sarnia after a day off on November the 8th on Thursday. Monday, November the 12th, after a couple days off, we'll be in Oshawa for the game four of the series. And games five and six against QMJHL will be November the 13th and 15th in Sherbrooke and Drummondville, all games at 7 o'clock local time. Catch a, be sure to check your listings on Sportsnet because you'll have R.J. Broadhead and Sam Constantino, the usual suspects, if you will, broadcasting the games. Those gentlemen always do a wonderful job covering the Central Hockey League for Sportsnet, or excuse me, Canadian Hockey League. I don't know why I said Central League. That league's been defunct for years. But it's going to be another wonderful series. I, If you're not a usual hockey fan, if you're a fan down in the States, if you can find a way to stream it, I'm, I'm not sure if the NHL Network's going to cover it. They sometimes do cover it, but lately they have not, but... There's always a way to find it. I can't tell you how or where I find these things, but uh, just for the sake of the, st- of the stream, I guess I can say. But um, I, I say follow it, do your best you can to watch it because it shows off the best talent in Canada and in Russia before the World Juniors, obviously. And, of course, U17s are coming up as well. So it'll be another wonderful series between Canada and Russia. Like I said, Canada has really dominated this, dominated this series, winning 12 of the 15 series. But Russia always puts in a good showing. It will be interesting to see how they do. And for that, I'm Tyra Kuehl here signing off here for this another for this wonderfully special episode of the Kuehl Podcast. Once again, thank you for Noah Dobson joining us earlier on the show, giving his insight on QMJHL and his season going as well. 
It'll be interesting to see how WHL, OHL, and the QMJ all take on Russia. It'll be another wonderful series, and I'm sure going to try to find my best way to watch it and do my best to keep up on it because, like I said, it's always a great series to watch, always entertaining, always has little fun little stories to watch too. Seeing the best go against the best. Uh, we're going to be back on Tuesday, next Tuesday, to have our usual episode with Alex, so he'll be there to annoy the heck out of me, of course, as always. But I'm Tyler Keel here, thanking you guys once again for listening to this special episode of the Keel Podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday. Thank you guys very much, and have a good weekend. Yeah.